You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car, no matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat, and he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, well, hello, and it's not Dave or Alan. It's only Dave and Fred today. (laughs) <laughs> Alan's away on holidays, and good luck to him. He's gone down south. Um, actually, it's not much warmer down there than it is up here. When we were down there last week, it was like in the 50s, and they're all, all Floridians were wearing jackets and boots, and we are walking around in T-shirts and shorts and uh, runners, so it's good. Fred DeFrancisco's with us today. Fred's a good friend of mine, 39 years in the uh, industry of insurance. Good morning, Freddie. How are you? Good morning, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, 82. 82 is when we first moved into uh, Queensway. Remember that? Yeah, Fred was down the Queensway, and I, mine was the building next door. Yeah, and I was up for dinner last night with with, the, with our, our, our old landlord. Oh, um, God, I forgot The Goldmans. Yes. <laughs> it's a, a long time. Well, it isn't that long ago. It goes so fast. It goes so yeah. fast. We have a great show today, as usual. Um, Darren Bostons is back from wherever he goes to. And he's going to talk about, is it still time to buy winter tires, or we start talking about spring tires. According to him, well, you know what, I'll leave it to him, because he's got some really good information. And Greg McPherson, you won't know who he is, but you will know the name Motorama. I went to the Motorama back in 58. That's a few years ago. Well, uh, it's coming back here to uh, Ontario, actually, in the beginning of March. So we're going to be talking about... Motorama, Speedorama, the hot rod scene, and the racing scene. So we'll be right back after these quick messages. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and if you've got to do a phone call about insurance, or you, sorry, if you'd like to do a phone call about insurance, please do call in. Fred's got so much information, and we're going to start talking about what your rights are when you're banged up on the side of the road. We'll be right back. Dave's Corner Garage, coming at you live and clear. Alrighty, welcome back. Garage doors wide open. I'm Dave Redinger, and I'm with Fred DeFrancesco of Fairview Insurance. Uh, Freddie has been our insurance uh, broker, I guess, for the last million years, and actually he teaches law for the insurance industry. There are new regulations. You have an accident side of the road, 50,000 tow trucks show up and they want your business. Now there is new legislation to um, 
control that. I guess the the absentee has new rights. Well, there's uh, there are certain rules that have come into place now, David. And what has happened is the Consumer Protection Act basically has been amended uh, to control some of the things that go on uh, at the scene of an accident. An individual's involved in their very first accident. They're distraught. Somebody shows up with the truck. They take their vehicle away. It goes. You don't even know where it is. Mm-hmm. And then trying to get access access to it becomes a problem as well. And a lot of frustration, a lot of expenses. You don't know who's paying for it. So uh, the government has stepped in to control some of this. And I think they've made some very good points. And legislation passed uh, uh, in January this uh, of, of this year, as well as some amendments made when your car is in storage that were, that were uh, made back in July of last year. So let's talk about some of these. One, uh, the tow trucks have to be labeled. So there's no secret underground tow truck? Properly labeled, and if there's a holding company or somebody that they're working for, it must be disclosed. Uh, You know, the tow truck operator now needs the permission of the consumer before any service is provided. They have to provide in writing information about where the vehicle is going to be towed, along with the provider's business name and contact information. And uh, consumers are now going to have that option to pay by credit card as well, where in many cases in the past that wasn't the case. Right. You'd have to walk in there and you have to pay cash. Well, uh, you know, uh, you had to pay the, the way they wanted you to pay or uh, you get your, car. <laughs> your car was on a was on a hook on the way somewhere. So one of the biggest things that bothered me was, because I was once involved in this, was no access to my car. There was stuff in my car for work. My phone was in there. And I couldn't get to my car. They wouldn't allow me to get access yeah, to the car. Holding your Nor car for would ransom. they go to get it. Yeah. Right? No, we can't touch it. It's, it's, it's under storage act. Yeah. Well, under the Consumers and Protection Act, of course, that is all changed now, uh, where you do have access to your vehicle to remove personal property at no charge, by the way. But there are specific times. It has to be during business days between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. But they must give you access to take your personal property out of the car. Now, I know when the police always say just clear the the road because that's what they want to do. So can you actually choose which tow truck you want? Can you have it towed to your house? Can you have it towed to your garage? Is it, What are your options here? Well, basically, David, you've got the Highway Traffic Act that steps in here as well because a police officer can, can assess the damages, can assess whether uh, you're blocking a road, and a police officer can, in fact, have your vehicle moved as quickly as possible. It would be nice if they gave you that opportunity or if we ha- you had the time at the scene to move your vehicle where you wanted to move or call whoever you wanted to call. But in many cases, uh, you have to take control of things. In other words, what we say to our insureds is this. Look, at, carry a little card around. Have the name of a towing operation of a repair garage with you at all times. In other words, be prepared in the same manner as you would be prepared in the event of a health emergency where you have your doctor's name with you. All right, yeah, 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 right. So the insurance company should maybe supply that with uh... Well, they want to leave it up to yourself to call who you want. Uh, an insurance company is there to assist you if there's a 1-800 number, 24-hour service. Uh, but in most cases, uh, someone will show up at the scene. Uh, yeah, because they're the listening. Last, yeah. They got scanners. That, well, they'll, exactly correct. They'll show up at the scene before the last piece of glass hits the ground. <laughs> But now that consumer is basically protected a little bit. Now, what really freaks me out is the charges. I mean, how much a day is an average charge for for towing a vehicle off and storing it? Uh, You know, I have no idea. It can change by the minute. But with the new legislation in place, of course, that now has to be posted and it must be provided to the consumer on site 
in writing. And if it's not provided in writing, then that tow truck operator has some homework to do to document the situation as it occurred. Well, let's give you some numbers. Some of them are like 200 to $250 a day. For that car sitting on their lot. You mean the storage fees? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes uh, that vehicle may be sitting there for 10 days and the storage fees are greater than what the value of the vehicle is or right. the repairs to the vehicle. Absolutely. And I've seen claims paid where the storage fees are greater than the uh, than the damages caused to the vehicle. Well, I've you know what? We had a lot of cars out on lease to own and things like that when we were in business. And some of them got towed because of DWI or whatever else mm-hmm. happened. And the bill was actually more than the car was yep. worth. I would just send them the ownership and say, keep it. It's yours. It's not worthwhile yeah. for us yeah. to pick up the car. And we would just write the loss off. And you can imagine if you don't have the coverage. In other words, it's an older vehicle. You don't have collision coverage on your vehicle. Yeah. You're now involved in a motor vehicle accident where you're at fault. Now, of course, the towing charges and everything are all on your shoulders. Your insurance company is not going to pay for it because you didn't have the underlying coverage. In other words, collision coverage on your vehicle. So recommendation is go back to your insurance company, see what you actually own as far as the policy is concerned? Well, I mean, go to your independent insurance broker, of course, at all times, rather than making those calls to the call centers if you're operating directly with an insurance company. And, of course, to make sure that you do have proper coverage uh, yeah. for yourself and your vehicle. And Absolutely. I guess one of the other things we should add, the cheapest insurance is not always the best insurance. <laughs> well, uh, let's put it this way. When you're insuring your vehicle, you want the cheapest. I mean, we all do. We all shop. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest here. I mean, we're no different. But uh, insurance is something, of course, you measure insurance when you have an accident. You measure insurance on the service that you get. Interesting. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're talking with Freddie DeFrancesco. We'll come back with your phone calls right after these messages. And we're going to be talking with uh, John from Waterloo about a Ford Ranger and a leak. And if you have any insurance questions, here's the guy you got to ask because Freddie knows more than... Than I do. We'll be right back. Dave's Corner Garage coming to you live and clear. Beautiful downtown Toronto. Okay, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. We have Fred DeFrancesco from Fairview Insurance with us today. Freddie is a broker with uh, 125 years of experience. 130 <laughs> this year, Dave. <laughs> at one year at a time. <laughs> and, you've been, and you've been with me every day. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's it true. I've never been. Never left. It's true. Uh, we're going to talk quickly to the phone. We have John on the call with uh, a Ford Ranger that is leaking antifreeze. John, tell us your story. Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. There. Oh, it's our Hello. pleasure. Hey, listen, um, yeah, I, I have uh, this thing's leaking antifreeze. If you're looking at the vehicle from the front, it'd be on the right side. There's a hose with a kind of a, a Y off it. The mechanics fixed that, said that was a problem. Right. And... Uh, did whatever they did to put a brand new unit on. Now, a month later, it's leaking antifreeze again. Okay. Does and, it? Uh, um, is it actually leaking out that you can see it, or is it using up antifreeze and you're, you're no. just adding it? No, it's. Yeah, I can see it. It's uh, as soon as I, you know, start, start driving in five. As soon as I get some pressure on it, it starts leaking these drops out of it again, and you can't see where it's coming from. Um, took it back. They said the water pump's fine. I was. Uh, I was so they said. They, they retighten the hose. It's oh. still leaking. Okay. Here's how the, the way that we would look at that. First off, you'd put in a dye into the coolant. All right? Yeah. It's a type of dye that when you shine an infrared light on it, it glows. Oh. Okay? So that's the first thing that we have to do. Secondly, we're going to have to pressure test it. We have a little pump that goes on top of the radiator, and we pump the system up. Now, 
with the black light, you can see where the, where the flow is coming from. And in reality, if it's not the water pump and it's not the hose, then we have a more serious issue. More serious issue being it may be a blown head gasket. Okay. Oh, I see. All right. So now this, I'm assuming this is a V6. Yes, it is. Right. So you would probably have a, I would be suggesting that we have a blown head gasket, that the head gasket is actually punctured and that the fluid is coming out. And being the fact that you have this dye in there, it's not going to be hard to find. All right. So they may have to put it on a lift and say, oh, yeah, I can see it now because it's under the exhaust manifold. So right. the reality here is you've got to get a guy who's going to spend some more, I like to say, quality time with the car instead of yeah. just rushing through it. And then if it is a head gasket, it's a, a big job. It's probably eight to ten hours worth of work. So you're into a oh. major bill. How old is the truck? It's an 08. doesn't have too many miles on it. Yeah, it's really worthwhile good. fixing. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's worthwhile fixing. Say it was um, uh, 2002. You know, yeah. it's, if that type of truck you would walk away from, you wouldn't repair it. I see. Right. No, this one's this truck's just like brand new. It's, okay. It's only one hundred sixty thousand kilometers on it. Right. Um, Actually, nowadays that's not a lot, you know. In, in the yeah. olden days, that's scrap. But that was miles. <laughs> but now it's kilometers, and they run really well. Okay. Anyway, so as I say, go back to your guy. Tell him you want to do a pressure test with a die. Yeah. All right, and that should locate your problem. Okay, sir. Great. Well, I appreciate your take your care. Time. Okay, so that's interesting that, you know, they wouldn't do that in the first place. I mean, that's basic. Well, the insurance guy here says it's just a clamp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some vehicles, you know, I teach a class in auto mechanics for, for students that, that are, want to come into the industry and they can't get into the apprentice program. So this is a pre-apprentice program. And it's interesting to me how many misconceptions there are out there, but it's just a clamp, it's just this. It's people are afraid to give you the hard news that, you know, you need a motor. Well, I'm in that same business, David. You yeah. know, of course, when somebody wants to know something about insurance, they ask their uncle's father's mother's aunt yeah. what happened, and, of course, they get an interpretation there, and that's the way it sticks. Yeah, and people want to tell you, you know, that, well, if it was my car, this is what I'd be doing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, one question I have, which is a personal question, I, we just got a place in Florida um, we want to take a Canadian car down there. I, I can keep the car down there for a year. So in other words, I would drive down and fly home, and in this fall, or sorry, spring, I would drive back. So the question is, is my car insured in Florida, even though it's plated here in Ontario? Absolutely, David. You've got to look at the legality of the contract under the Insurance Act and the Automobile Insurance Act, and, you, and your policy, of course. The territorial limits for coverage is Canada, the United States, and while on a vessel, port to port to these two oh, countries. Okay. So you say, well, I'm going to have a car and I'm going to be driving and get down in the U.S. Am I covered? Well, absolutely. You fall within the territorial limits. Do you own the car? Absolutely. Do you have a policy in Ontario? Absolutely. That Ontario policy grants you that permission. Now, when you're down in Florida, you've got to deal with the highway traffic laws or the Highway Traffic Act in Florida. Do they allow you to keep a car that long that's Canadian plated and so on and so forth? But that's outside of insurance. Okay. As far as the insurance answer is concerned, absolutely you're properly protected. Okay. I'm going to make it more complicated when we come back. You're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. And I'm Dave Renninger. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Dave's Corner Garage with Fred DeFrancesco and Darren Bosnes is on the phone. Darren, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. How are you doing today? You guys are busy, 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 busy. 
Yeah, yeah. For uh, in the marketing and sales, we're kind of doing all our planning and you know getting all the programs out to our uh, to our customers. It's uh, definitely a busy time of the year. So you're doing planning now with for spring and summer or is summer? Uh, actually, I'm doing kind of some of the initiatives, etc., for the marketing side of things, uh, as well as the budgeting. We've, we're done budgets, but now we're kind of dissecting it and building the strategy around it for the for the year. Now it looks like it's going to be a mild winter, even though everybody said we had a, we had a couple of big storms, but it's pretty mild right now. How was the season? Um, this season was actually good. Uh, we everybody had a good sellout. Um, I think we had snow a little earlier this year, um, which always helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, inventories are low uh, everywhere. So, are there deals? Is if you if I was buying winter tires. And, and I would would I be looking for a deal right now, or be or I'd be just lucky might, to get anything? Yeah, you might be. Well, it definitely might uh, based on any kind of uh, common sizing or uh, uh, you know the the big sizes that uh, most cars run. You definitely uh, may not even be able to get them. But a little early for deal hunting. Uh, probably towards potentially you could uh, could start looking in the end of March or whatever, just before spring. Mm-hmm. Um, some may want to relieve some of their inventory and not carry it over, but uh, it may not happen this year with uh, with lack of inventories left over at the dealers. Fascinating. Lack of inventory is good for you because that means good forecasting, right? It's always good, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking uh, at the beginning of the year about all-weather tires. Correct. Did that actually be- become a, a market segment? Did it actually be- become a, a, a thing, or did it just sort of die off? It hasn't really yet. Like it's it's definitely gaining some traction in some areas of the country, um, but it, yeah, it's not a huge uh, portion of the of the, the market yet. Um, and whether it will be or not, I'm not sure. Uh, as we said at the end of the day. It's a good average all-season tire, you know, a good average winter tire, but it's definitely not going to perform like a, a standard all-season or summer uh, and a winter tire um, specifically. So, And because we have a mild winter, does that affect next year's business? Always. always. It's like snowblowers, right? Uh, it, it is typically. Like everybody looks back to the previous year. Plus, if we do have a bad year, they have, uh, you know, inventories that are left over. So the orders are always a little, a little lighter the, the following year. So, and conversely, the other way, if we have a really, you know, bad winter or in our industry, we call it a good winter, um, you end up, uh, the orders typically are a lot better uh, the following year. Freddie has a question for you. Freddie, asks a question. No, uh, uh, you're encouraged as well uh, to put snow tires on your car because as far as insurance is concerned, of course, there's a discount when you disclose to your insurance company that you are utilizing snow tires. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if you're going to get a discount there, Darren, uh, we'll say of a of a few percentage on a, on a fair size premium. Uh, there you go. It uh, that money could be used towards the purchase of the tires. Couple, what's a, what's an average discount? Uh, I took advantage of it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. But we're in a oh, different yeah. league. But I'm just going to say, um, what would the discount be like? Two hundred dollars? It varies, Dave, from insurance company to another to insurance company. They won't publish the actual percentage, but uh, yeah. what they'll do is they'll input your profile, and uh, it, it may average anywhere between three to five percent. Wow, doesn't take my wife to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it'll, it'll pay for the it'll pay for some some of those tires. Fascinating. Uh-huh. So, is that, would you ever see, like in Quebec, it is mandatory to have snows? It is. Sorry, winters. It is. But is it here? Is it anything that's going to happen here? Well, I'll, 
Anything can happen here <laughs> in the province of Ontario. Uh, don't hold your breath. Darren, what do you think? Uh, any, uh, anything's possible, correct. Um, highly unlikely in the sense that uh, at the time when they converted over or Quebec uh, put the law in place, probably 80% of uh, the province was running on winters to begin with. So oh, yeah, okay. About a 20% you had to top up. Ontario, it's more of a, it's actually grown over the last few years, so it's in the 60, 65%. And if you recall that year Quebec did it, um, there was shortages across the country. Yeah. Um, you couldn't even get some tires, uh, not just in Quebec, but other places because they started drawing from uh, the rest of the country. So if that happened in Ontario with the, you know, the somewhat larger uh, population base, we definitely, it would probably take a couple of years to, to get caught up, if not more. You know, I remember um, the rental car companies were, were panicking because they couldn't put their cars out because they didn't have the, the winter tires on them. Yeah, I remember reading uh, people come out in the morning to their cars and they're sitting on blocks in their driveway. That happens in the summer, too. <laughs> people, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Darren, they allow studded uh, tires in Quebec, don't they? Um, I think towards uh, Quebec City and, and the northern townships up there. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think uh, you're allowed to... Okay, sorry. Yeah, I think just in the northern part, not like, say, in Montreal, but uh, rural areas, etc., you, uh, you can use studies. Fascinating stuff. Salem Tires, uh, the website? SalemTire.ca. Right, there's a listing there. Uh, you can find a dealer. We had a call this morning from somebody looking for a dealer in Tobacco, and I think we sent them over there. So the bottom line, if you're looking for a dealer to carry Salem, it's on your website. Just punch in what? Your postal code or your city, right? Already. Look forward to coming down. Good, good yep. stuff, sir. And uh, racing season's coming. Can't wait. Yep. Uh, just uh, the sooner the better. <laughs> yeah. Darren and I go racing on the track called Time Attack. Where's that? Uh, Cayuga. Oh. Yeah, Cayuga. Actually, we hold the record for smart cars at Cayuga. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Pushing Darren. the cars? No, we went there and I said, hey, what's the record for a smart car on your racetrack? And the guy goes, zero. <laughs> you know where that went it's Dave's Corner Garage we'll be right back in a few minutes we've got some insurance questions we're going to get to uh, so we'll do that and then we have some car repair questions so we'll be right back right after these messages welcome back it's Dave's Corner Garage and today we're talking about insurance we have Fred Francesco from Fairview Insurance and uh, we've got a couple of questions. So one of them is no fault insurance from Doug here in Burlington. Doug, good morning. Good morning. Nice morning, to talk to you. Morning, Doug. Hello. Uh, th- my question is for uh, Freddie, and it regards the no fault insurance in Ontario and Michigan. What happened was uh, I was in. It's a commercial uh, vehicle that I'm driving. I'm an owner operator, and in Michigan, uh, another vehicle backed into me whenever I was at the dock. The damage is approximately four thousand dollars. Well. Uh, I've made uh, a presentation uh, to my company, and they are telling me that uh, it's no-fault insurance. Uh, I fix my vehicle, they fix theirs, and uh, no claim is going to be submitted for recovery of the deductible on the collision. And I'm wondering what I should do. 
Well, Doug, there's really nothing you can do. It's it's an actual simple procedure that came into play many, many years ago here in Ontario. It's called the Direct Compensation Property Damage Agreement. And we have American companies that subscribe to our system when the American vehicles are being driven here in Ontario. And it's reciprocal. We may be driving our vehicle in a direct compensation state such as Michigan. And if it's reciprocal, what happens is that your own insurance company will repair your own vehicle to the degree of your innocence. So in your case in Michigan, uh, with this reciprocal agreement, your own insurance company will repair your damages and there will be no deductible because you are not at fault. You are 100% innocent. Let them do the work. There's nothing really that you have to do and you are entitled to car rental as well. The problem is they are refusing to do that. Who is refusing? The company that I work for is refusing to submit a claim uh, for the damages and the recovery of the deductible. Well, first of all, there is no deductible. Uh, You are not at fault from from what you've said. That's correct. That's what I believe, but they are refusing to file a claim. They're insisting that I pay the deductible. They will repair my vehicle, and then that's the end of the end of the story. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, uh, Doug. It's a it's a very very simple procedure. Uh, what you should do if if you want is you can take a legal action against the individual who backed into you, but that's probably not permitted in the state of Michigan. It's a direct compensation claim from what you've discussed with me right now, and I would say that uh, the problem probably lies with whoever it is you are reporting. Is there it like to. an arbitrator or somebody? Well, that- there's no arbitration required. Do you have the name of your insurance company? And do you have your policy number, Doug? Yes, I do. Well, call them yourself. Right. Just report the claim. Is it possible for me to uh, file a claim with the uh, other company directly? You may not have to. You may not have to. As I say, if there is that reciprocal agreement where your claim functions in Michigan the same way as it does in Ontario, just call your own insurance company here in Ontario, provide them the information of the party who struck you, and then just leave it alone. Right. <laughs> it's okay. that simple, Doug. Right. There's no point trying to complicate this. Right, but I do have the option of uh, forming a claim and submitting it to the other company. You could do that, but the laws in Michigan may say that you cannot claim for property damage, for vehicle damage. It's a recip- As I say, the law in Michigan may be, and I say maybe, I don't know. I know, I know there are tort laws there, but right. the claim in Michigan may be that uh, uh, if you're involved in a motor vehicle accident, your own insurance company repairs your damages, not the person who is responsible. So what Fred is saying is deal with your own company, don't bother with the other Absolutely. One. Yeah. Absolutely, Doug. Give your your insurance company. Who's your insurance company here in Ontario? Uh, I have it on file, but I haven't got it right hand. Yeah, give, the, give them a call, report the claim, give them all the details, mm-hmm. and let them do their homework. They'll find out what the laws are all about in, in, uh, in, uh, in Michigan. Let us assume that Michigan doesn't have the same laws we have here in Ontario. Then what you want to do is have your vehicle repaired here in Ontario under your collision portion of the policy. You pay your deductible, and then your insurance company will recover all costs from the responsible party in Michigan. So you'll get your deductible back. Right. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Okay. You're very welcome. Uh, Quickly, let's go to Kate. Oh, we have to take a break. Sorry. Kate, we're going to come back to you. Uh, Actually, we're going to be talking to Greg McPherson. So, Kate, we're going to be a little while, but we'll come back to you with an insurance question. This is Dave's Corner Garage with Fred DeFrancesco from Fairview Insurance. 
And coming up is Greg McPherson, the uh, controller, owner, operator, and uh, dishwasher, broomer, whatever else you got to do for Motorama. We'll be right back. Actually, I go on Leasebusters quite a bit. I like to see what's going on there. Steve needs a new car, so we're going to find him <laughs> something uh, on that site. And uh, interesting stuff. They really got some interesting cars there. Uh, Greg McPherson, you don't know him, but I do. Uh, Greg operates Motorama, which has been around for 500 years here in Ontario. That sounds like a lot of fun, really. <laughs> I know it for at least 49 years. Uh, Greg, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Great. Motorama, if people don't know, is really a hot rod show. Uh, yeah, hot, hot rod custom cars. Yep. Um, and prior to us uh, running the show, uh, which the traditional you know, mid-March custom car hot rod show in Toronto, we had a smaller uh, racing-only show that we would do sort of near the end of January. Right. So uh, the, uh, the venue asked us to take over the, the – uh, asked us if we'd like to take over the mid-March show and merge our racing show into it. So this March 10, 11, 12th at the International Centre – will be our third year kind of running the, the combined show, which is like 300,000 square feet, custom cars, hot rods, classics, and the, all the racing content that we had at our old Canadian Motorsports Expo. You know, I love the hot rod shows because it gets your juices flowing again. And you yeah. see all this gorgeous sheet metal, and it's just, you know, you know spring is coming. And you reminisce. Yeah. In the olden days, they would they would redo a body and French and fenders and stuff like that. And the gas cans were always painted the same color as the car. And it was just phenomenal. So as it changed, the scene is now really very much more professional. Well, it's incredible, the cars. And we're honored. Like, there are so many people. There's a gentleman who used to work on the Performance World Show with uh, Gary Chalice. Or his name's Gary Chalice, so the old Performance World show with Larry King. Um, Gary is the guy in charge of our cars, so there's a, a lot of continuity. When we uh, took over the show, we hooked, we connected with him, and it was almost like instant credibility. Everyone knows, loves Gary, and people actually build cars with the intent of having them ready and debuting them at our show. And it's, it's they, we've got 28 spots in that front hall, which is incredible, and the machines are amazing. Now, the business of, of, of Hot Rods, do you have, actually have to pay to, to bring these guys in, or do they pay to show them? How does it uh, work? For a lot of them. So any car that's in competition at the show pays a, it's sort of a minimal entry fee. Like right. they get plaques and T-shirts, and they're invited to the cocktail party and get goodie bags and a bunch of things. So there's just almost like a minimum processing fee for that. Otherwise, yes, we do bring in... Um, like celebrities and a bunch of cars. So, for example, uh, I was down at the SEMA show with Gary, and we made a lot of contacts. So there are actually cars that, you know, won awards there um, that are coming to our show. We pay them a fee to come and show off their amazing machines. Like one one of them, for example, the first ever winner of the Detroit Autorama Riddler Award, mm -hmm. a guy named Al Burglar. And he's 80 years old. He lives down near Pittsburgh, or in Michigan, I'm sorry, and he is bringing that car that won the first ever Riddler Award, and he'll be around all weekend to talk about it. And he used to win NHRA championships. Like, in addition to just owning an amazing car, this is a, a, a rear-engine dragster. So uh, stuff like that. So just we, we've come back, lined up a lot of amazing cars that people can see, but those aren't in competition. They're feature vehicles. You should explain the Riddler Award is like the Oscars in the... In the cost, that cost is the big prize. So yeah. this guy, won, Al Burglar, won the first ever one, but over the years, you, you've heard, like, you know, Chip Foose has won multiple. Yes. Like, we had a Chip Foose Riddler winner at our show last year, but, uh, you know, it was only ever, one first ever. 
And Boynton, Chip, uh, Boynton is there's stuff. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Greg, somebody coming uh, coming out to see the show. Can they cover it in one day, or is it a weekend uh, weekend uh, stay? Well, you're certainly welcome. But the uh, the things that go on, we've got a, a stage there, the Johnsonville stage at the show, and it is jam packed the whole time. So you could just once you've seen the cars, if you make it through, you know, after, after several hours, you know, you could sit there and watch the stage. Like so, for example, last year we had. Uh, a session with uh, Junior Hanley, Bobby Allison, and Mr. Bob Slack from Cayuga Speedway. Mm-hmm. And they were just talking old st- stories about racing and, you know, Mr. Allison when he raced there and his memories. So nonstop on the stage, you could sit there for all three days of the show and just watch, you know, old hot rod guys, racing guys, award ceremonies. So it's certainly enough to keep you busy the whole time if you were to come to the show. But it's 300,000 square feet. And uh, last year we reincorporated. There used to be a tuner import uh, room at the show that uh, preceded us. Is there a we weekend pass? That. Um, you know, I, th- I think we do have a weekend pass. I'll have to check the website, but a three-day pass, uh, we've, we've sold that in the past. Now, who's the stars this week, this year, this coming? So, so far, so I mentioned uh, Al Burglar, we've got uh, Steve Darnell and Barbara Dave from Vegas Rat Rods coming. Right. Uh, really nice lady, uh, Jessie Combs. So she was on, uh, say, Mythbusters, All, Girl, All Girls Garage. Um, She's a small, young blonde woman. Overhaul and yeah, absolutely. And she, when she's not, you know, promoting products and herself and being on television, she actually races. I think she's got 470 miles an hour in a jet um, at Bonneville. Wow. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, but she, she's amazing. Yeah, we met her at SEMA. Tons of personality. And uh, yeah, she'll be there. And you know what? I've, I've got verbal commitments with several others that you really know and that, that they're well known. But I, you know, until anything's signed, right. you don't say anything. So, Motor Round takes place uh, March the 10th to the 12th. International Center, mm-hmm. free parking. Absolutely. I love their free parking. Already? It's the best. That venue's awesome for it. Okay, we got to run, uh, what's your website? Motoramashow.com. Easy, motoramashow.com. I love it. Yeah, tickets and, and information. Uh, we'll have you on again. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. Have a great day, guys. Okay. Thank you. I love that. When I was a kid, I used to go down to the CNE, the automotive building. Remember that? Remember that? Before they brought and the dream. sheep in. And dream. <laughs> <laughs> then we they got... brought the sheep in, and that sort of killed yeah. it for me. Well, you had to go to the Royal Winter Fair first. <laughs> that was yeah. mandatory. I, was all, I remember I was talking about uh, they, during the exhibition, they had sheep in the automotive building. I'm like, <laughs> how degrading. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk to a couple of folks about insurance and some car questions. We'll be right back at Steve's Corner Garage. Right here. I don't know where the hell we are. <laughs> <laughs> in Toronto. Bye-bye. Whoa, the show's almost over. I miss Alan, I swear to God. That's why I can't finish the oh, endings. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I love Freddie being here, but usually at the end I go, if they get us out, Alan, and he just finishes it. <laughs> anyway, um, we've got an insurance question, but uh, Freddie wants to say hello to somebody. In... Yeah, I do. My daughter in St. Martin is listening to the show right now. Hi, honey. And uh, my new little baby grandson, Gabriel. Wow. So, uh, now, is it yeah. St. Martin or St. Martin? Well, St. Martin if you're on the French side, St. Martin if you're on uh, the Dutch side. I love it. Okay. Um, uh, Kate's on the phone from Woodbridge. Uh, Kate, good morning. Hi, Kate. You've got an insurance question, but we only have about four minutes left, so let's move it along, please. Okay, so thank you for taking my call, and I'll keep it brief. Um, I own a car right now, and I have my son as a second driver. And I just picked up a secondhand car, and it's going to be in my name, and I want to keep it in my name. But he suggested that perhaps he get his own insurance. 
Now, my question is, because I have the ownership of the car, does the insurance need to be in my name, or can he get his own separate insurance? Kate, the insurance always goes to the owner of the automobile, so that if you own that vehicle, it will be in your name. However, if he is the principal operator of that vehicle, the policy will be priced with him driving it, but it will still be in your name. So, I, so then I need to coordinate that insurance with the one I already have. I, I, I would say it's much easier to do that, Kate. On the other hand, if, uh, uh, if your son's going to go away to school or you want to give him more responsibilities, then just register into his name. The price is not going to be any different. Oh, How old is wonderful. your son? Uh, he's 29. Well, I would say, Kate, just if he's going to have that car for full-time use, I would say put it in his name, have him go out to buy the insurance. It's not going to be any different than uh, if if, uh, you own the automobile, you had two cars insured, and he was the principal operator of that vehicle. And it's not a killer because he's he's over 25, right? That's correct. That's correct. 25 was the magic number. If you're under 25, they kill you insurance. Nowadays, it's... it's that's why we were doing it this way. I thought I'd be saving money with the insurance. Yeah. And well, you know, it's a good idea to put it in his name as well, Kate, because when there's a parking ticket, he can pay for it. Yeah, or, <laughs> or 407 fees. That's a winner, too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Right, so yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, You're welcome. 25 and under was the really... Uh, that, that was the key then, Dave. Uh, once you hit age 25, basically the, the rates were the same for everybody. Now, of course, they've built in so many variables, it's not funny. You know, if you have three hands, you get a discount or 12 fingers. Now, you don't always have to buy collision. You can save money by, if you have an old car that's really not worth fixing. So you can drive it. So you don't carry collision, just PL and PD? Physical damage coverage to your automobile, that is collision and comprehensive, is optional. Right. Liability is mandatory. The accident benefits are mandatory in the province of Ontario. And there's some uh, residual coverages that come off that as well. So what's a good number? Like how much insurance should I buy? A million dollars? You know, there's no the minimum limit in the province of Ontario is two hundred thousand dollars. That's all you have to carry. But uh, you'd be crazy just to be carrying two hundred thousand dollars because you don't know what what's going to happen tomorrow. You might bump the bump uh, the back of a bus with uh, forty people on it. Uh, look at that lawsuit. You know what the minimum in Florida was? Twenty five. Twenty five thirty. I think it is twenty five thousand. I can't believe it. And it's she's saying it's it's twenty five thousand yeah. dollars for a minimum. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I wouldn't want a minimum. I yeah. want a maximum. Absolutely. Right. Scary stuff. And fifty thousand uh, for for medical repairs. Well, that'll get you to the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll get that far. So that's something you should be looking at. So how much insurance you're actually buying? Like everybody's looking at price, but you should actually look about how much protection. You're uh, buying. I I would say in the province of Ontario right now, two million dollars is a is yeah. a good limit of liability that you should be carrying. Now, anything can happen. You can get sued for five. Uh, you know, where does it end? Yes. I think it depends on how much, you, how much insurance you carry. <laughs> <laughs> but another example was we have a pool in the backyard, and we were carrying $5 million worth of insurance on the, yep. on the pool. And a lot of people don't even realize what your liabilities are when you have something. Well, your personal liability, of course, if a tree comes down yes, and uh, damages, the, down. you know, uh, your responsibility as a homeowner. Not only that, David, but uh, also your responsibility if you have young children and these young children can cause harm or damages to someone else. They're playing in a schoolyard and your child injures another child. Uh, you are responsible and you can get sued and your personal liability on your home insurance will protect and defend you there. Fascinating. So the reality is don't don't look too much at price, but look at what product you're buying. 
We all look at price. Right? I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, well, don't look at price. I think we all look at price at everything that we buy today, whether we buy apples Yeah, I've never or heard any – in all my career as a mechanic, nobody's ever said, I don't care what it costs, just yeah, fix it. Yeah. I've never heard that. Well, you know what? <laughs> Call your independent insurance broker. There's a lot of brokers out there. Compare prices and uh, and go for it. Right. Uh, your contact information, just to be nice. Fairview Insurance Brokers, 905-270-4727, and that's in Mississauga. Uh, just a little bit of news. Uh, Tesla, which in uh, about six months ago, there was a fellow who was, was killed that's right. driving a Tesla on uh, automatic pilot. That's right. Uh, they've come back with the fact that it was not Tesla's fault. It wasn't Tesla's fault because the vehicle was not, the autonomous vehicle that was being used at the time was not being used as it was instructed to be used. In other words, the automated portion of it uh, was not being used properly at the time. Now, what is is that do for future insurance, all these automated cars? Well, the question is this, is who is responsible? Is it a product defect? Is it product's liability that, uh, that someone's going to claim from? Or is it the responsibility of the registered owner of that automobile, such as it is today? Mm. If there is a defect in the, uh, in the, in the, in the uh, software, in the software and what have you, it could be a product's liability claim, in which case the auto manufacturers have to deal with it. Now, they brought out a law in Germany, we talked about it last week, where every autonomous car will have a black box specifically to monitor the autonomous uh, operation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that information will go back to the insurance company yeah. or manufacturer or whatever to identify any issues. Well, you can imagine the number of lawsuits that are going to be bouncing back and forth. As yeah. to who was at fault? Was it the person sitting in the vehicle? Uh, you know, was it uh, was it the product itself? A uh, lot of st- lot, lot of, of fun. Yeah, a lot, lot of fun. Of and I don't even know if we need it, but anyways, that's the way the industry is. There's always new stuff coming. I like up. to drive my car. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just getting a new one. I heard, so we're doing well. You've been listening to Dave's Corner Garage. Fred DeFrancesco was with us. Thanks to Darren Bossens from Salem Tire, Greg McPherson from Motorama. March the 10th to the 12th up at the airport. Have a great weekend. Keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down. And Alan's back next week, so it'll be a normal show. Bye-bye, everybody, and take care. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.